Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. 
not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. After I delivered the news about the slaughter at the alumni building, Gand fell into a pensive silence for a few seconds, his focus tumbling inward. Most interesting, or suspicious, was how his eyes widened only after I'd given him the description of the creature who'd likely done the slaughtering. I was sure the timing wasn't lost on him, as the assassin and whatever else it might have been showed up only right after he'd given me the order to kill Lister. An order I was fairly sure must have come down from on high. If that was the case, then what he'd mentioned to me before, about the Esoterium being suspiciously unsupportive of our current mission, took on some additional definition and suspicion. And you're sure about this weapon the assassin wielded? A gigantic scythe. Absolutely, sir. I got a really good look at it as he was swinging it at me. Gand shot me an unamused look for my sarcasm, but chose to mull my confirmation rather than scold me for the means of its delivery. And it was pretty obvious. This wasn't the first time Gand had heard of this scythe-wielding character. I was an alien to the inner workings of the Esoterium, but the Assistant Mysterian had all but spelled out that things weren't cakes and candy inside the land of cloaks and daggers. Would the Esoteries be so divided as to send an assassin to hedge their bets in Blackledge? That is, if hedging bets was the point. But if it wasn't, why'd the Scythe guy stop short of attacking me? Seemed obvious the assassin was making sure the Undorians didn't get wind of whatever the Lantern Show dug up. Of course, if that was the case, why not spread the good cheer and knock off some scream eaters while they were at it? Well, at any rate, it seems your work is done for the moment, Agent Stroud. But I must make an official report of all this. So, in the meantime, I'd like you to speak to Dr. Pembry. Seems he suffered some rather disturbing revelations concerning just how deeply infected this whole place is, the extent of its mastery 
by the Scream Eaters. We still got a hope of pulling this off, sir? Ah, the abiding myth of hope. You should have realized by now, Agent Stroud, there is no hope, per se. Merely a shortage of knowledge concerning one's true chances of victory. Hoping is merely pleading to your own ignorance, and I can't imagine a greater waste of time. Now, if you'll excuse me. As you can see, Agent, once I was able to replicate the pain signature from the readings I took from the Torturian device in the basement of the Outreach Center, I was able to cobble together a reasonable signal analog. This allowed me to actively scan for signs of the streamer's torture tech, citywide, which was when I discovered this. You gotta be fucking kidding me. According to this, the whole damn city is hardwired into some kind of gigantic underground tortuary? Precisely. This entire city was rebuilt, repurposed, around Scream Eater technology. It's literally integrated into every structure, and via local interfaces, every single black ledger can communally sup upon whatever pain the city collects into its coffers of scream and agony. So what does that add up to for us, Doctor? Nothing good, I'm afraid. Given the amount of power this city is sitting on, and the potential ways it could be operationalized, I'd say we only get out of here if the monsters let us. And you told all of this to Gand? Every word. He still believes they'll restrict their assault to smaller surgical levels, that an all-out attack would risk the wrath of the entire Esoterium. Maybe that was a possibility, but not now. Christ, Botch knows we're on to him. His and Gan's little back and forths are as transparent as polished glass. If anything, it's more than likely they'll wipe us off the map once they have the secrets from the Magic Lantern show. Before I saw this, the surgical route still seemed plausible, given that there was only the one true Scream Eater and a handful of supplicants. But the stuff you found? They... they can obliterate us! My thoughts raced to Isaiah, my stomach growing sick. Even his power couldn't deflect the kind of supernatural pain the crematorian could likely channel from the device under the city. Sweat slicked my brow, my blood frozen in place. What the hell was I going to do? Agent, doctor, uh, watch commander just radioed in. Something's going on outside. Watch team stationed near the city gates just radioed in. There's there's literally no one on the streets. Agent, sir, or any of the stores or cafes or... Jesus, anywhere else that's publicly accessible. And there's a, there's a sound, a, a muted screaming. They said it seemed to be coming from under the ground, sir. Christ, tell them to come home immediately. Sir, their vehicles were sabotaged. They'll... 
They'll have to make it back on foot. God damn it! Captain Gilstrix, alert Assistant Mysterian Gand of the development. Tell him I'm headed out with an APC to collect the watch teams. Tell Watch Command to hold tight. I'll be there soon. Sir, what about fire support? I can have a team ready in seconds. No thanks, Captain. They'll just get in my way. You've got your orders. Yes, sir. I was on automatic now. I had to be. My thoughts were collapsing around me. My chemical wall of antipsychotics crumbling, and crumbling fast. The sweat was coming out of me in buckets, my head racked with pain. Underneath it all, I could feel the toxic buoyancy of madness waiting to spirit me away, to a hospital bed where I was giving birth to twins, where I was dying. This was all just a dream, a nightmare, before I was dead, before I'd ever hold my children, my twins. I pushed back at the expanding delusion, counting everything blue that I could see, an old technique I'd picked up from my visits in Greenhut when I'd stay with dear old Agnes, counting in Jack's order into chaos, she'd always tell me. (sighs) But I was pretty sure it wasn't going to cut it this time around. I knew where the Enterprise building was, where Isaiah had gone. I could be there in minutes. I just needed to jerk the wheel the other way, take the next left. I had to make a decision. God damn it! What the fuck am I gonna do? People are gonna die, Romy. If you abandon them, they'll all die for sure. No. Wait. I'm, I'm not Romy, am I? This isn't real. None of it is. None of it matters. I'm dying anyway. No. No. No, damn it. I'm not Charlotte. I'm not Charlotte. Okay, okay, okay. Gotta think. Gotta think. What to do? What to do? Oh, come on! I won't give up on my brother. I can't. But what will I be if I abandon all those people? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Do I hear a personal revelation coming on? You don't want one of those awful-tasting things, do you? (laughs) Of course not. Not a bit sweet. Not even tart. More like rotten apples, if you ask me. (laughs) Oh, no one ever prospered from knowing themselves too well. Leaves no room for doubt. Hope. (laughs) And I can't have my poor dear sister all enlightened and hopeless. Now can I? Sugar? Oh, thank Christ you're here. Hmm, I'd rather not. 
but you're welcome to thank him. I'll just sit over here till you're finished. <laughs> Knock it off, sugar. I need you to help Isaiah. He's gone to face the crematorium. That was the plan, wasn't it? Don't think the old insomniac's got it in him, huh? <laughs> well, maybe he doesn't. It's not like that. The whole goddamn city is like some giant tortuary. They have massive amounts of weaponized psychic pain stored underground. The crematorium has access to all of it, and God knows what else. Isaiah doesn't stand a chance. You've got to get him out of there before it's too late. Ah, I see, said the blind man. <laughs> well, don't worry a sugar drop longer. Your sweetest brother, good old Mr. Sugar, will take care of everything. <laughs> and don't fret about later. <laughs> I'll be back in time to play Painkiller! <laughs> Painkiller! everyone inside. We're headed back ASAP. This is Agent Stroud. I'm inbound with watch teams one, two, and three. Over. Copy that. We'll cover your approach. Over. Lieutenant Prast, what's this I hear about screams from underground? We heard it about an hour ago, sir. Real faint at first, but then... What the fuck? Look at the windows of those buildings! Outside the truck, leering out every window we passed, from the highest to the lowest, were the residents of Blackledge, all of them wearing porcelain pig masks, each disguise white and cracked like old teacups. Somehow, over the growl and armored hide of the APC, we could hear them, clear as day. Feed us! Feed us! Feed us! Feed us! Feed us! Feed us! Scorching barbed wire hissed overhead, missing me by centimeters, the heat sizzling my hair, which was fine. I needed a haircut anyway. Hatch wasn't much of a shot with his mechanical spinnerets, but the spread of their metal webbing meant he didn't have to be. Pocketing a revolver, I uh, hit the gas on my power again allowing me to grab hold of a tangle of burning barbed wire, swing around it and come up on the other side of Hatch, guns blazing. 
The shots ripped through the abdomen of the glowing steel spider like it was made of paper mache. Ruined yellow hands squeezed through one of the massive bullet holes. Something once human trying to squeeze its nearly gelatinous body free of the torturian mechanoid. The sight stunned me for a split second, even as the pale revolvers exuded their mind-numbing cold. It was all Hatch needed to clip me with one of those bladed pincers of his, catching me by the shoulder and flinging me into the big wooden door. Yet, just like the wounds on my hand from swinging off the searing barbed wire, I barely felt it. Regardless, the damage was done, and once I turned my ability off, I'd have one hell of a wound to deal with as my body came out of whatever kind of freezing stasis it was in. But my power was still raging, and I'm sure Hetch had no idea I'd recover so quickly from both the impact and my wound, assuming I'd be down long enough for him to pounce. He got real close, all reared up and exposed-like. I blazed a cold metal firestorm into that big ugly fucker, sending it flying backwards like it had a rocket strapped to its ass. Firing until the monstrous mechanical bug looked like it had been moshing inside a meteor shower, I finally slung the revolvers. What was left of the thing collapsed with all the organic fluidity of a flesh and blood creature. its torture chamber guts vomiting a liquescent, foaming yellow broth of caterwauling human devastation. Mercifully, if that word still means anything, they died almost instantly. When I found Hatch, the bastard was crawling away on his belly, on account of his lower half looking like so much mincemeat. This was the first time I'd seen the guy in the flesh, more juiced on pain sauce than any of the other fat cats I'd run across. The guy, thing, looked like something balanced right on the edge of full-blown monsterhood. While on the lean side, Hatch was actually kind of muscular, arms reaching well past where his knees would have been, hands like claws. His face was wide, and uneven, its altered bone structure stretching the skin red and ruined. His eyes, all sunken and pale beneath layers of striated skin and bulging brow, were inscrutable, nearly insectoid. Weirder even than his looks were the sounds he made, the whispered echoes of countless screams, a sonic residuum of victims past wafted from his entire body. You know what they say, Hatch. 
He who dances must pay the piper. <laughs> I know, I know. I said I was karma. But, uh, hey, you thought you were a spider. So I guess I'm just trying to keep up. Please, please, let me live. I'll do anything, tell you anything. I can even tell you how to kill her. Huh. So you're a greedy, egomaniacal shitbag, a torturer, a killer, a liar, and now you've just sprung for traitor. Wow, Hatch, that's some Olympic-level douchebaggery right there. I gotta say, I've landed some serious sick fucks in my day, but uh, you? <laughs> you take the goddamn cake. I think I gotta do something real special for you, don't you think? Please, no. I will serve you. Be your slave. Do anything for you. Anything. Just like you served the old crematorium. By offering up the goods on it. <laughs> nah, I think I'll pass. On the slave thing, not the lowdown. You're still gonna give me the skinny on your employer. What I was gonna do next was just plain stupid as I already had the busted-up guard set aside for the job. But there was an elegance to my plan. A poetry. Not to mention a shit-ton of justice. In the end, I'm just a sucker for flourish. Karmic or otherwise. You might even say I was addicted. Obsessed. I had no idea how close I was to empty, but from the feel of things I was still operating on a full tank. I didn't know what the big lady had done to me, but she did it pretty damn well. You see, Hatch, the world is a machine, far as I can tell anyways. All you monsters and gods and whatever, you're just parts of it. We all are. And what that means is, no wrong can be done. The world is just a thing to be acted upon, nothing else. All the morality, ethics, whatever. Why, that's just programming. Window dressing. But it's all that keeps the uh, hatches battened down, so to speak. It's our illusion of meaning. Without it, we got nothing. You, well, you think you're an evil spider that weaves metal webs of fate. But when I take that illusion away from you... No, no. What are you doing? Stop. Please. Stop. I poured it on thick as molasses, my power flooding his body, mastering it, recreating it. It even patched him up enough that he stopped bleeding. Hatch started to turn pale, and I felt something inside me buckle, like a dam about to burst. Releasing my grip, Hatch, a few shades lighter, tumbled to the small rock outcropping that surrounded the red-hot door. Something was growing inside me, and I had to face facts. 
I'd been filled with the pale, annulling power of the cold mother of the white woods, where I'd gone after I died. It was like her forest of machines was trying to take root inside me. I couldn't let that happen, but I was rapidly feeling different about it all, gripped by the symmetry of everything. Two diametrically opposed killers, the scatter pattern of mutilated yellow bodies where they sloughed and curdled upon the floor. The geometric patterns caught in the weave of metal webs as surely as the spoiling bodies. My homemade dream was solidifying, becoming cold and immutable. Worse even than the real world. It was like I was dreaming in the wrong direction, approaching a hideous order as opposed to a fearsome chaos. What have you done to me? You, you've taken away your dream, your illusion. This is what you've always been, Hatch. Just an ordinary man. And even this can be further reduced. Right back to the machine that milled you from the unliving dust. And now it's time we, uh, paid a visit to the matron of soon-to-be Mercury City. I lied, you filthy bastard. She has no weakness. She'll kill us both. Worse, she'll torture us for eons. Jesus, Hatch. Why did you think I was bringing you along? How'd you manage to get promoted to Servitor, huh? What are you talking about? What are you going to do with me? I gotta call her up from whatever shithole she comes from, don't I? And there's only one way to do that, right? <laughs> See, Hetch, I know all about what you guys were hiding in the Outreach Center. The Iron Chair, the Pain Gateway. I've a pretty good idea what needs to be done to get to the crematorium. Oh, God. No. No! 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 That'll be about enough of that shit. Besides, I think you'll wake up just fine once we start the show. I knew now that the power was practically inexhaustible. For every encrusted crumb of banality I tapped, the roots of the white wood sunk deeper into me. She'd planted the seed in me that very day, back in Marrow's, to make me into her messenger, her pale angel of the ordinary, and I was starting not to care. The scorching metal door turned pale and cool as I pressed my power into it finally slamming open as I clobbered it with a final gust of unmitigated dullness, its otherworldly pedigree fleeing my touch. The pillory room lived up to its name, and not much besides. It was a fairly blasé, copper-plated room with, as I was counting on, a large copper pillory, or stockade, set right out in the middle. My next move was simple. Still unconscious, I secured Hetch's head and arms into the holes at the top of the device, his legless trunk sticking straight out. The thing was covered in all sorts of weird glyphs, probably some pain mojo to make sure the captive's stay was especially inescapable and thoroughly miserable. Thankfully, it must have been one of those modern pillories, because it had a push-button starter, just like one of those big backyard grills. As I kneeled down to hit the button, 
Hetch opened his eyes. Instinctively, he started to squirm, his tears flowing even before he was awake enough to know just how fucked he really was. Please, have mercy. I, I beg you. I beg you. You'll, you'll be just like me if you press the button. You, you don't want that, do you? You're so much better than I am. You, 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 you can't do this. Hey, Hatch, answer me just one question, huh? If you let me go, anything. Ever wonder what it was like to be the fly? No! <laughs> no, no, no! <laughs> Mechanical securing arms tipped with strange-looking syringes snapped around Hetch's torso, pumping him full of that yellow goo I'd already seen too much of. Next came the heat, the copper stockade glowing red hot. Hetch's flesh sizzled and bubbled as the temperature soared. His body, what was left of it, finally burst into flame, the former scream eater twisting like a glowworm in the unrelenting blaze. And yet he wasn't dying, just burning and screaming. With every shriek Hetch's blackened throat managed to free, the wall in front of the pillory smoked and hissed and popped, the copper slowly sloughing off in long, tapering, molten slabs. The door to the other side was forming, opening. I felt ready for anything, but I didn't know if this was my dream anymore, and more importantly, if I'd ever wake up. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of the Sleep-Wake Cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion... Visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Meltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Meltopia, head over to Meltopia.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. 
not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.